0: On July 14th of 2021, Johnson & Johnson Consumer Inc. voluntarily recalled all lots of five New Georgina and Avino Iversol sunscreen product lines to the consumer level. I'm Lidia Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyonce Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market, and this is In Camera Podcast, and this is the beginning of a master. Welcome to the Camera Podcast, Private Legal Marketing Conversations. Grace, welcome back. And I really mean it this time. Welcome
1: back. Thank you. Welcome back to you. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. know. Southwest for a week and all of that.
0: Yeah, that was great. That was really, really fun. And so for those of you who think that we just
1: vanished for a week
0: intentionally, that actually was not the plan. Uh, we, We recorded a very thoughtful and insightful episode last week. But unfortunately, due to some technical issues, the audio did not record it well, and therefore we were not able to use the episode. And so here we are now back without technical issues and ready to record another great legal marketing conversation, Grace. And so let's really pick it up where we left our last published conversation, which yes, it was while South by Southwest was going on, which was really fun. And I think, Grace, there's some things that I can pick up from there, and we can bring them up for other conversations here, because there were a lot of very interesting and insightful things shared Uh, amongst them, information, well, just, just ideas, right, and trends that range all the way from blockchain, all the way down to sensorial marketing. And it's really, really interesting and I think super relevant in many aspects. And so um, we're going to be exploring and diving into some of those topics over the next few weeks. But today, we want to pick up on a conversation that you kind of like very vaguely brought it up on our last published conversation, which was two masters that have been following under the radar and i guess i'm even not allowed yet to call them masters because they're, they haven't yet actually consolidated as such if i'm not mistaken but those are uh related to the use of some aerosol products like
1: the sprays, personal
0: care yeah personal care products mm-hmm. so grace why don't you why don't you give us a little bit more of insights here what are we talking about
1: Sure. So, uh, we're talking about two specific ones, uh, but the, and they actually both happen to be aerosol, you know, the spray type of uh, product. And one is the deodorant and the other one has to do with sunscreen. Um, they both are mass torts that we'll be talking about and delving a little deeper into, but basically it's, um, the sunscreen lawsuit, it has to do with the J&J product and it supposedly is causing cancer, which it's, supposedly supposed to prevent, (laughs) which is the skin cancer. Um, It really is kind of crazy that the things that we're using on our body, right, that are supposed to be to help us. um, Now they found that in, I guess, making or manufacturing the product that it's including some kind of carcinogen, and that carcinogen is benzene. And so in the sunscreen product, when you spray on the Neutrogena, um, it's Neutrogena and a couple of the other Neutrogenas, but they, oh, and Avino as well, but yeah. they're all aerosol. So that's just a little bit about it. I mean.
0: What it says here, Grace, is that it's basically a range of products manufactured by Johnson & Johnson <laughs> uh, out of out of all of the manufacturers. Yeah, and what does it says here is that is this, chemical called benzene that's being present there. And it can cause, like the short-term exposure of it can cause dizziness and headaches. But obviously the main concern here would be the long-term exposure that can actually lead to cancer and uh, blood disorders. And that's, I guess, where the actual potential mastered lies right now grace you know what obviously comes to mind when we're looking at this type of emerging masters is how how can it develop right what would it take for for the association of people that have said that they've used this? to to proving that they've, you know, that, hey, you know, the deodorant that I've been using for X amount of years has been the leading cause. That's question number one. And question number two, is this something new that was recently found on new batches of the products or is it been in the product present for years? And I think that's another very important question that needs to be answered because from what I see here, it looks like, the products that were recalled, particularly when we're talking about the deodorants, which were the brand's Brut uh, for men and sure for women, um, what got recalled were items that were with an expiration date of up to August 2023. So that's a fairly recent batch of products. But what it doesn't state is if people that were using other batches that already went through their shelf life would have also been potentially exposed to to, to this benzene thing. So I know that's a loaded question, Grace, but
1: you're great at breaking these things down. So um, no, I, it, it makes sense, right? It's, it's hard for people to really, truly understand how a mass tort even comes to pass, right? How does it, how does it get life and, or legs rather? Um, It all starts really with the FDA. Um, You know, if it's a device, it's the consumer protection agency. It just depends on the the product device or drug, right? Where, where whoever uh, governing agency that's actually kind of watching over a product device or drug. In this case, it's the FDA um, because they were getting Uh, notifications or recall notices came out after what happened. So there's something called client adverse reporting. Now, when a bunch of people claim that something is happening to them after using a particular product, device, or drug, they send reports in to their doctors. They may send it directly to the FDA. They may send it directly to the consumer reporting agency. Either way, there's reports that come through. And they start aggregating these reports. And when they have enough of these, they send out something to the manufacturer of that product. In this case, it was Johnson & Johnson that was informed that they found higher levels of benzene or levels of this particular cancer carcinogen, cancer-causing item um, called benzene, in their product. Um, so they actually voluntarily recalled. They weren't forced to recall. Um, so they re- voluntarily recalled five of their products, uh, specifically Avino and Nitrogenia um, sprays. And that's for the sunscreen. So once they have enough of these uh, reports telling them that there's something wrong, it then goes to uh, a recall. After the recall, then the hubbub starts, right? That's when you start seeing the things in the news. That's when you start understanding that there's a problem potentially and that's when the research begins And so that's uh, that's the very first step to the laws that have to start kind of coming through and the litigations basically uh, to decide if this should go forward and that's where the uh, the Daubert or Fry standard okay so all that means is is there enough evidence to support that this chemical, Or device or whatever happened is potentially linked to causing the cancer or the injury. So in this case, they it's so early on. It really is going to take a while before they they have any type of information to be able to take it to court. But this is how a mass tort starts. Enough people complain about a potential issue that they feel is linked directly to the problem, meaning the product or device or drug, and the FDA or consumer protection agency or whomever puts these reports out and you know lawyers and consumers are so nowadays we're so much more um intelligent and savvy when it comes to searching for information so yeah. we, we we definitely it's 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 becoming easier and easier to get a hold of the data right and so that's yeah. why these these smaller things that had happened before um because this isn't something that they just found. They they realized that this is potentially something in the manufacturing of the product, just so everybody yeah. knows. So it's not just brand spanking new, they just, when they tested it, they found it.
0: Yeah, and and it's very interesting here, Grace, because what it says here, right, as you were saying, this was not an FDA recall, they did not um, force them to recall, it was a voluntary one. It looks like it all come came after some some tests internal tests were done and then they detecting the the benzene in in higher volumes probably than it should be because according to these metrics it says that consumer products and drugs should not have more than two parts per million of benzene in terms of levels exposure above that is what would make it dangerous and that's basically you know where it, where it stands what it's really interesting particularly when we look at the sunscreen as case or you know recall it seems to be an issue primarily on the products that are geared towards people that are looking over the top skin protection you know what i mean like it's those 70 spf and above spray sheer protection thing and it's um really ironic honestly because like it's the products that are supposed to be protecting people who are probably more likely to to have sensitive skins yeah mind-blowing
1: it it really is. I mean, you know, I, I we talked about this a little bit before, but um, you know, my my father always said when I was younger that we shouldn't really use and again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not giving any advice to anybody here. Um, I'm just telling you what as I grew up, um, kind of what I learned um uh, and what I was told uh was not to use anything above SPF 30 because the chemicals will actually be worse for you than what it's supposed to be helping. And I'm not saying that that's potentially true or not. I'm just, you know, stating something that I grew up knowing when I was a kid. Um, and so this is kind of, I, I, it's not a direct correlation, but it definitely gives me pause to use anything above SPF 30, you know, I mean, since I was younger, um, I've always been told to cover my skin with clothing, you know, that that, you know white clothing light clothing um that that would be even better or as good protection to help you from the sun you know um i am i gotta say i am lucky that i don't burn but i know there's you know my sister does my mom does and so they don't really stay out in the sun and they don't really go out there i mean we're in florida (laughs) so i mean you kind of need sunscreen and you kind of need deodorant right so it's (laughs) it's, it's one of those things that like you know it, it sucks that these skincare products and products for personal hygiene, it's, it's, it's all these, uh, potential problems. And, you know, to, to be said, and to be fair, Johnson and Johnson voluntarily recalled again, that's, I think that's an important note to make that the moment they were told in the test that benzene was uh, potentially, you know, higher levels than it should be in their product and that it was during the manufacturing process, they immediately took it off the shelves. So I think it's very important for people to be aware of that, because that is part of a mass tort, too, is that, you know, they, they did something on purpose. Right. And so the the negligence and product liability and all of those laws that kind of go into that, they are trying to take steps at this moment to take it off the shelves. And they did. Right. They voluntarily recalled these five particular aerosol sunscreens
0: right so grace here is you know some statement from dr michael henson first of all we've already mentioned that anything above 2 ppm can lead to oris increases the risk of cancer. And so the levels of benzene detected in these products in the in, in, in the sunscreens were in between five to twelve times more. So it could be up to twelve X the recommended amount. And here's another thing as as I was saying, Dr. Michael Henson pointing out here on this research, it says that research clearly shows that regular exposure to benzene are at levels above 2 ppm increases risk of cancer and the amount detected in these products will, was well above that. And then he notes that these sunscreens are aerosols, right? So users are exposed not only when they rub them into their skin, but possibly also if they nail it while it is being applied. So it's not just through your skin, but obviously you're also breathing
1: it breathing in. It in. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody remembers this, but when we did Joule a long time ago, benzene was one of the chemicals in Joule that people they 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 were claiming that benzene was when in the actual liquid. So it's you know this is it's benzene is terrible, you know and and they didn't realize it, I guess. And part of what I could read and what I've been kind of gleaning from all the different uh, articles out there is that it's during the manufacturing process, so they didn't know about it supposedly, right? Allegedly, they did not know about this because it wasn't until the actual putting together of the aerosol in the manufacturing process until after it was already combined into an aerosol. So it's, um, I guess it was hard for them to see that, that that was an issue, right? Because it was after it was already created and made. And they didn't realize that in creating it as an aerosol, that it, that's when benzene was introduced somehow, right? So that's what they're trying to figure out at this point. It's This is not, you know, it, it really sucks because it seems like we can't use anything anymore. <laughs> I mean, they took talc out of the uh, out of deodorant. They're taking talc out of your makeup. You know, they're it's everything seems related, terribly <laughs> related.
0: Let's look at this from from the standpoint as to, you know, is it is it sensible at this point to start marketing efforts? towards these potential claims?
1: So, you know, I love that question because I'm always the proponent of if you understand enough about this and you want to get involved, I'm always, always saying, create a page, start building content out, get organic. You know, I don't necessarily think that you should spend money on it at the moment. Um, Why? Because it's, there's a lot of awareness that still potentially has to happen however because of the brands and the brand names you still could maybe spend a little bit of money and get a little bit of uh leads right but again it is very early so you don't know if this is going to get to mdl you we don't know we we can't uh, guess the future but being a mass towards long enough i would say Yes, I think it it's a good idea to potentially start gathering the information, gathering people and just making people aware of it, you know. I mean, part of our job as as law firms and and again, I'm not a lawyer, but as, you know, operations in a law firm, I think we need to inform the consumer, right? That is part of our job is to let people know what's potentially going on and if they're experiencing this injury, right? If they're getting if they have leukemia or some kind of a blood cancer from using these particular antiperspirants or sprays, and there's a way to link it, I think that it's our duty as as law firms to help people, right? So I'd say in the marketing aspect, maybe don't go, you know, big on it, but <clears throat> I would say build a page and just start getting organic traffic, you know, to start building your authority in this.
0: Yeah, that's actually, Grace, the right way to get yourself involved into a master should be by keeping your ear to the ground right to these sort of developments and definitely start building the content for organic ranking and be able to get early on that game so that you can definitely be the most authoritative site if these things take off you're gonna already have the trajectory, the association tied to your page, tied to your law firm, and then likely to to see better 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 positioning when it comes down to starting to show as traffic and uh, search volume increases for this. And obviously, from there, then you start with the paid right. Once things become more. Uh, factual, and you know that it's it, it 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 becomes a more justifiable investment. You start moving uh, into into paid strategies, and not just online, offline as well. I think it's very important to remember when it comes down to mass storage, is there needs to be a lot of awareness put up uh, in the process. Sometimes the way some of these recalls happen, um, they get a lot of media attention and that kind of like does a lot of the work for you but sometimes they don't and so you really need to take it upon yourself to create awareness about this right and so of course you you can do that through social media you can do that through tv advertising you can do that through press releases you can do that through so many uh, other ways but it's important to to keep in mind that it's not as immediate as you think it is, that search volume just all from the sudden spikes. Um, it can happen sometimes. There's a lot of masters that have had a lot of media coverage. I think one that comes to mind would be Boy Scouts and rightly so, but not every not every master is the, is the same. I think um, that's one thing to keep in mind. You know, what's another thing here that it's interesting, Grace, that I was seeing like all of this time we were talking about the Johnson & Johnson products, but Tone. You know the, the the sunscreen. Yeah. They yeah yeah they also um, uh, recalled items uh, that
1: they've said contained benzene. So yeah. Yeah, it does say. Um, honestly, I, I'm I'm reading here. It says that you know while Johnson and Johnson, uh, Avino and Neutrogena recalled five aerosol sunscreens because of the lab testing. There's other sunscreens and other yep. aerosol products that have benzene that, you know, even if the manufacturer hasn't recalled them, they still contain contain benzene. Yeah. So it's, you know, it is something that uh, we need to be aware of. And that's why the brand awareness is so important to tell people, I mean, not just brand as in their brand, your brand as a firm, you know, consumer awareness of torts and things that are happening is Again, it's our duty to inform and protect the consumer as law firms. So yep. I think it's a good idea to just put a page up and let people know. If you know, let them know.
0: The recommendation right now is for um, yeah you to check out. There's a list here from consumers report on recommended sunscreens that are safe to use, right? That are being tested. And so we can actually add this list to the episode notes because it could be interesting with summer just right, or, right around the corner. But um, just to throw a few names here. And again, we're not endorsing them, but apparently these are safer. One of them is Alba Botanica, Sunbum Original Spray, and Trader Joe Sunscreen Spray. There you go. Mm. You have, yeah. That's some of the options in aerosol, of course, or some other types, the cream ones. But that's the thing, Grace. Right? I mean, just just use just use the cream. I know it's it's horrible, but like nobody wants, like in a hot day, to slather on cream. Yeah, right. Like it's it's not enjoyable, but hey, you may be saving your life, so worth the consideration. Grace, why don't we come up with some takeaways? Because I think we've we've covered these from all angles, or I think we've covered these from uh, all angles. So what are some things that we can learn about these aerosol products and these potential emerging masters?
1: So I, I'd like to start with the, um, pay attention to recalls, right? If you're not already signed up for Google Alerts and FDA recall feed or any of that stuff, I think that it's important that you do sign up for them so that you can be as, you know, as aware as you possibly can and stay at the forefront of these mass torts, right? And just, and uh, put some stuff out there, right? I mean, I think that to me is the first one. Just stay ahead of what's going on um, so you can be at the beginning of these potential and emerging mass torts and uh, take the benefit from it and also benefit and help your potential clients.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Grace. And I will steal an idea that you brought up on our failed recording from last week. And I'm not strategically not sharing it with the audience up until this point. I just completely forgot about it up until now. And that is enable RSS notifications from your websites to visitors that come and visit because that will really help you keep on informing them of new content, right? Especially if you're gonna go into that approach of following new developments and kind of like becoming a source of news and updates about how masters are evolving. You can I um keep on and stay top of mind with your audience by enabling RSS notifications on your website, and therefore users, whenever they go and open up their browser, they will get kind of like a sliding notification on the top or one corner of their uh, browser, saying you know uh the lake the lake law firm just updated a blog post and the title and the information about it, and that's extremely effective. Um, because it can really help you bring back potential uh, clients that are following closely the development. And so that's a really, really impactful way. And you know how much it costs you? Nothing, nothing. Enabling a plugin on your site and obviously creating the content, which hopefully you're already doing. And so it's a really, really great way of achieving this. And so I give all credit to Grace because she, she came up with the idea uh last week.
1: Yeah, I love RSS feeds.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: they're great and they're so effective. Old school ticker style. It's my favorite. They're so,
0: they're so effective, Grace. I mean, you know, um I think nowadays newsletters in the inbox, people just ignore them. People are not they're just deleting them like in batches. But an RSS feed, it really kind of ha- has almost kind of like the effect that a text message has, right? Because it, it 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 kind of like gets prompt, and it's before you can decide whether you'll see it or not, you are already kind of like read. Uh, part of it. Um, sure, you need you need the users to opt in to to and to allow these notifications. But I guess you know, I mean, chances are that nowadays, particularly with this habit that we have now of accepting cookies just in order to be able to get those little boxes out of the way uh, asap, it, it'll kind of almost works the same, right? With
1: RSS, uh, I got you one better. With our needs, right. you don't have to opt in. Really? Unless you want notifications. If you don't want notifications and you just go to somebody's website, it's like a ticker on the TV. Right. It just runs. Right. And you don't have to opt in because it's right. not a feed notification. It's just a feed on the website. Just so you right. know. Right. Unless you subscribe. I really, I'm a big advocate for you to show pop-up boxes. We do, the, we do for the cookies, yeah. because it, if it's collecting yeah. any info, you still have to accept the yeah. cookie.
0: But, but but not just for the cookies, but for the RSS notifications. So whether the person is not on your website, they're in Google, right? But you've just published a new, you've just uploaded a new blog post. They'll see a notification. The Lake Law Firm just, published, like a, a little box will slide on the, on the side of the browser.
1: Subscribe to the RSS feed. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. So ask them. Yeah. ask them worst yeah. thing that can happen is they will say no okay not a, that that's it they, they they're not going to get the notification but some people will and now every single time you create something it's going to actually prompt them they will they will be alerted about it Fair and point. it's very powerful yeah absolutely Fair 100% that's that's where i think um there's a lot of value in doing these things you know and and it's probably some of you that are still trying to wonder what what are these guys talking about mm-hmm. you're probably subscribed to some of these uh like news sites you probably have some of them enabled so whenever you are checking your emails or something and all from a sudden you see kind of like a little box coming or popping up on your on your desktop from your browser that says uh, a news break or something like that. That's probably our RSS notification. And it feels pretty much similar to the notifications you get on your smartphone of an app that's that's kind of like the same experience, but on desktop. So really, really great uh, way, Grace, of taking advantage of that. It's kind of like a retargeting uh, on its own and you don't have to pay. So Grace, do we have one last and final takeaway?
1: Yes. Uh, so my last takeaway is put content out there, you know, not just uh, the RSS feed. I mean, you really <laughs> should be putting content out there for these types of torts and you can use the feeds to help you build the content. You know, the recall notices, the consumer protection recall notices, all of those things can help you build out your content and continue your making sure your content is fresh, right? Because you want Google to continuously update and index and update and index and make sure that you stay fresh and top of mind and that people want to click on your content. So, build content. If you don't have this as part of your strategy, include it as part of your strategy and put it out there, even if it's just for organic purposes and you're not going to pay for Google ads yet, right? Because this is too new. Very, very good.
0: Take away. RSS, it's not going to do anything for you if you don't actually create the content. So that's uh, key to be remembered. Grace, thank you so much for a great conversation. And we'll be back next week with another one. Have a great rest of your day. You too, Leo. Bye. Bye. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at We'll see you next week.